As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's do it. Every Thursday morning, after a long night of Wednesday playoff action, just waiting for you in your podcast feeds as you wake up. It's Point of Contention on the Athletic NBA Show as a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. It's myself, Zach Harper, teeing up the toughest topics and questions to Marcus Thompson and Ethan Sherwood-Strauss with Jade Hoy producing every Thursday. Subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give you some of the craziest and most hard-hitting theories and takes of playoff action possible. And you'll get Point of Contention right in your eardrums. In fact... If you don't like it, we'll have a point of contention for you. Right here on The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. All right. It is another Hoops Adjacent episode of The Athletic MBA Show. I'm in Milwaukee this week at the NBA Finals. I actually got out of the Batcave, dusted off the ID, and got on a plane and flew out here. Marcus Thompson in the Bay. What is up, good brother? So I'm happy that you live. <laughs> I made it. Did you fire on it. anybody? Did anybody get jobs? No. No. I was waiting for somebody. I, I wish a, you know what was. I was, I was half expecting. I was half expecting a viral video. <laughs> of you, me, of you, me wailing yeah, on yeah. somebody. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, did not become a no. viral sensation. No, everybody had a mask on. There was no craziness on the plane. It was quiet. I was very pleasantly surprised. So that's a good first step back for the kid. I was happy. <laughs> glad to be here in Milwaukee. I'm so see proud. Giannis. I'm proud, man. Thank you. I'm proud Thank you. I'm back in, back in the saddle again. <laughs> the elements. I did. You know what I'm I of did. Humans. The mean. The mean streets of American you know Airlines. I made it. <laughs> I made it. And I'm, I'm talking good. tough, but I am still in the Bay Area. I did not rave the elements. Uh, it's a little. You, it's a little chilly out here. Those are the only elements that I'm. I'm raving. Are right you now. going? Will you go to Phoenix for a game seven? I mean, that's you know, that's kind of uh, above my pay grade. I'm down <laughs> if they want me right? to go. But you right. know, I gotta keep. I gotta keep improving my game. I gotta keep rising to get to a level where I can. We gotta get, get better. You know what I'm saying? Like Bud says trying, every day, we gotta get, get better. better. <laughs> so maybe I'll get invited <laughs> to a game seven. You feel me? Because uh, you know, as it is right. right now, we got 98 people covering the finals, and that's true. We do have a we have a motley crew here. I don't think we have enough seats, so I may be just standing tomorrow at the Fiserv. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'll tell you what. We'll my see. mama's here uh, in town. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I'd be on the first thing smoking if it meant. No, <laughs> 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 I love okay, you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, Lord! All right, we got Eric Name standing by. He's going to be joining us in like thirty-five seconds or something like that. But let's—I want to take one minute to talk. Actually, two minutes to talk about. What's up with USA Bass? What's up with your boy Draymond? I thought he was going to like, I thought they were going to have epic defense and shut everybody down. And I saw Patty Mills giving him the business the other night. I think Draymond thought the same thing, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Draymond's got to finish these game winners, man. He can drive it down the lane with 30 seconds left. Like, you can't kick that out. You know what? Here's what, when I watched him, I didn't watch the Nigeria game like live. So everybody right. was going crazy. And I was like, whatever, it's exhibition. 
I did watch Australia. And you know what I walked away thinking? These dudes yeah. are tired. They are tired. Yeah. Like, especially come late execution time where you need to focus. Yeah. They, they yeah. ain't got it. Like, you got you see dudes yeah. walking, jogging. Like, they don't have I know it. they were saying they they may not be in shape, right? Some of the guys may not be in good shape yet, or, or they lost the shape they Absolutely. had during the season. I, I think some of these guys, you know, the KDs, the Jason Tatums, uh, can you imagine how much they chilled after their playoff run? Right, right, <laughs> they right, went to right, full right. chill mode. You know, Draymond been chilling, right? Draymond been in Cabo the entire time, right? So it's just like these dudes were from chilling to all right, let's go. Uh, and yeah. Patty Mills literally like just destroys the USA every time he's wearing. Look, like, I'm, it's unbelievable. Marcus, that's what I've been trying to tell people. Like Patty Mills might he's have one of the weirdest he has one of the weirdest resumes. Like he is a good player. Like he's never been nobody would even think about Patty Mills as an all-star, right? He's a he's a, he's been a good player on a really good team for a long time. But he has these days and these moments, like in 14. He destroyed the heat. Like, he killed them, right? Like, he just he ran them off the floor, off the gym in the last game of that series. And then he's been one of the great players in international competition for the last several cycles now. Like, he's really good. Why is he not Ginobili? So, like, he should, I feel I don't like know. he should be That's Ginobili. what I'm saying. It's, like, it's weird. He's got this weird resume. He just does not have the dominant body of work as an NBA player. But he has these moments where he is great, like, like great, great. Hey, that dude put on you know, that Aussie uni and all of a sudden the oh handles come out. He turned in Isaiah Thomas. You know what I'm like, saying? Like he becomes a killer. And and that team has always been on the periphery, close to a medal, close to a medal. They want desperately to get a medal, get to the medal round. And they were hoping Ben Simmons will play. He's not going to play for obvious reasons. But they still have a lot of NBA players. And Nigeria's got – Nigeria has a whole bunch of NBA players on their team. Who are okay, so – you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like this is some college team that beat the U.S. team. Preston Chichur was a first-round pick. You know, <laughs> Opala is a NBA player. Gabe, they, they've got yeah, NBA yeah, guys. Yeah, they got some players. Yeah, Gabe Vincent's a, an NBA player. Oh, you know, Okafor's on the team. He didn't play in that game. He's on the team. Ekpe Udo, who's been an NBA player for years, is on that team. They're coached by Mike Brown, who's an NBA head coach. Like, <laughs> it's not – it wasn't a bunch of bums they lost to. You know, it was a good team. So And and they proved it by whipping Argentina in the next exhibition. Yeah, that – that they you, – you start wondering for this team, like, my question is, why are you scheduling these teams as your exhibitions? Like, <laughs> well, can you, you like, gotta get I, you I ready. Like, maybe, I mean, maybe. part of it is like, yeah, you guys haven't played. You need some stiffer competition. You want to yeah. play somebody good, you know. And right, if you're pop, you know, you're probably like, this is exactly what I needed, right? Just in case y'all exactly. thought all this I can, money, I can, I made, can fuss yeah, at made y'all think y'all ain't gonna <laughs> listen to me. Now you got two L's. Right. But it almost right. feel like they they kind of needed to. They need, they need a confidence boost now. They need they need a passion to come in. Where to watch the generals, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. They did. What was it? What was the barnstorming team? Phil, Phillips yeah. Oil. Remember Phillips? <laughs> they, they need one. They're the like, Man, can we get one of these nations that don't play hoop and ball? I, I do think we we keep leaving out the exhibition part as we talk about it, yeah, right? Like, we're, we're having fair, these, fair. like, panic attacks. Plus, there's three guys that are currently busy right yeah, now that aren't even It's, it's team, exhibition. You know? They should be winning, but it's exhibition. We yeah. know they have another level, and it's kind of on them to get there. Okay, what do you want? So, I'm not really worried, but, man, I, I think it's the best thing. So tired of it. It's, like, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, now, now he gets to earn his money, and he's got he's got guys listening to him, for sure. For God's sake. What went wrong for you guys tonight, tonight? What went wrong for us? Yeah, this afternoon. Sorry, I lost my. They played better than we did. All right, let, let's bring Eric in, who has two of those three guys that currently are busy trying to win an NBA title. Eric, let down their country. Us, can we, Eric, can you talk about how they're letting down their country by not playing these right. exhibition Go games? Ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday is just not a true American, right? right. <laughs> he's he's got to get down there and help the guys I mean, out. He, in he can't live off his wife forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to the comment is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. Turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and 
like the bullets in his bracket, though, she, I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than shit. With David, David Alder. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes! <laughs> I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing out of it. Hoops and Jason. Welcome to Hoop 5 4. We have ignition. And it's another Hoops Adjacent episode of the Athletic NBA show. David Aldridge here. It's sweltering here in D.C., Marcus. It's about 98. <laughs> 98 with humidity. I'm think, I, You're like in a uh, Do the Right Thing movie, right? You know like, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You need the mayor to come out here. You need somebody to rub an ice cube across your nipple. <laughs> and we were R-rated in the first minute. Damn, Marcus. Uh, I'm trying to keep, we got a guest? I'm trying to keep this. Uh, yeah. this do I, didn't we start recording? Have we started recording? <laughs> the dulcet tones of... General manager. Okay, I'm happy. Thank you for joining I'm sorry, us, man. My bad. <laughs> man. My bad. Eric was about to say how Jeru Holiday's a bad American. Go ahead. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean Drew Holiday's gotta get down there and save the troops. Like he's not he's not a true American. <laughs> Wait, wait, come on, man. This is, you know, like, Drew, chill, Drew. I understand you get all these patriotic points, you know what I'm saying, because your wife is a Team USA soccer superstar. But at some point, Drew, you got to step it up. Forget this finals pursuit. They need you. You got to go tell Bud and and, and Middleton. You both got to go tell Bud. Hey, man, we got to go. We got to go, man. man. They need us down in Vegas. They can't get a stop against Patty Mills. Like, they need someone to lock them up. (laughs) Facts. You see what he's doing to Chris Paul? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the other headline we're going to get out. Eric names says, says, Oh, that's a job. We don't need to shut it. Down. Yes, Paul. let's do it, DA. Let's do it. Y'all are killing me. Chris Paul stopper. The, the un-American Drew Holiday shuts down Chris Paul. There we go. Oh, I love it. Outstanding. All right. So it's two one, man. It's two one as we tape this on Tuesday. I think I have seen in, in the playoffs the Bucks tend to get better as the play as the series goes on. Are we seeing the same thing in this series? Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent it's somewhat forced by Giannis's knee being okay. Like in Game One, you only got him for thirty some minutes. He only goes for twenty points. Like there was a moment in the third quarter where he got kind of like crossed up by Jay Crowder. He grabbed at his knee a little bit, and you're thinking like. Oh, okay. Like he's not okay. Even though he had the chase down block, even though we had the dunks, you were like, uh, I'm not so sure. And then game two came around. It was like, Oh yeah, he's good. Like he's, he's good. Good. And and now you're at a spot where it's 40 a night, 10 rebounds. And, and I know that that's going to feel like outlier type of stuff, but I mean, he did that to the Suns in the regular season and the Suns were a damn good team in the regular season too. So uh, there Mm -hmm. weren't a lot of people doing that to them. So uh, to me, this is a spot where, I think it's a little bit forced by Giannis's health, but they have, as the playoffs have gone on and, you know, I've been trying to get at it. It was like, are you guys just competitive in this way that you can't like front run a series and just go sweep them or win in five or what it is. But for some reason they like to put their backs against the wall, but I mean, they've done it and they're comfortable, man. Like they lost those two games and you're expecting dudes to get tight. Like we're talking about a, a team that, people have called chokers, right? For two postseasons. Yeah. It's like, you guys were, yeah. were so good in the regular season, you couldn't do in the postseason. And yet they go down 2-0 against the Nets. They go down 2-0 in this season. And they're just like, all right, we got this. Like, we're, we're going to go take care of business. And, and we'll see if they can do it. But they've been very comfortable in that position this entire postseason. Yeah, what, what's the, the interesting contrast between the past and now, it's almost like, it wasn't a gradual figure out, right? It feels like they the switch flipped and it was mm-hmm. like, all right, now we got this, right? Now, all right, mm-hmm. now we know exactly what to do. And I don't even think they've done it against, like, it, these aren't patsies they're coming back against, right? Like, these are, this, I mean, I understand Kyrie wasn't playing and I understand Trey was hurt, but this is still like, yo, you got to win those. You got to take those. Mm-hmm. So th- there's something... There's something there. There's something brewing. My question was, okay, finals a different stage. 
And then we see game three looks a lot like the other ones, right? So there's clearly something about this team where typically we like, oh, this is the Phoenix felt like a team of destiny. But teams of destiny usually look prettier than this. This might be the ugliest kind of form of destiny, right? <laughs> where it's like, yo, look, when it gets ugly and grimy, that's kind of where we shine. Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously, DA, you've seen a million finals games. Marcus, you've seen some of the best finals games recently. KD in Game Five and Game Seven. I mean, I, I I don't think I'll go the rest of my life, and I don't know if I'll see two playoff performances better than those two. Like he yeah. was unreal. So yeah. speaking to your Patsy's point, like nah, like they they got the best of Kevin Durant, and and they were able to weather it. And I think the big thing and why it has been so dramatic, where it's like, all right, we're ready to go, we're ready for this. Like whatever you want, we got it. I think you got to look at their two major acquisitions, right? Like you got to look at Drew Holiday and you got to look at PJ Tucker. And I know PJ would probably be upset that I say this, but like he's lost a step. Like he's not the same PJ Tucker that could switch one through five and hold up against mm-hmm. seeing Chris Paul and Trey Young every single night. But like that dude brings a mentality. That dude brings what whatever he's got. You are trying to bottle that up and get that on any team anywhere you want that dude on your team and you know early in the playoffs he, he mentioned after the the heat game like we dogs and that has been their their rallying cry that we are about this this season like if you want it in the postseason come get it and you're going to come get it here in milwaukee and we're going to give it to you and and i just think that and then also drew holiday man like he's had some rough times and i know marcus you and i have talked about this like on slack and and texting and stuff like in between all these postseason games but i mean he was in some really rough spots like he was not playing well and then all of a sudden game seven against the nets he's like all right i'm just gonna take over for five minutes here and and he saved the season essentially so these dudes they can be down they can be going through some rough stuff and and they just find a way And, and that to me has been kind of the the greater message of this entire postseason is that they just find a way. Is there all right, so we've seen them do this, right? Is is there an is there an expiration? At some point does it begin to be too much? I'm curious about this because you're looking and like Chris and Drew minutes are crazy and they've been crazy. And you can see Bud just trying to find some guard minutes somewhere, right? Uh how how much can they keep doing this, right? Keep like squeezing blood from this turnip. I, I think this series is like a a really tough one because Bud has never done this, right? Like this is Bud's first time doing this too. And and what I mean by that is the last two postseasons, he was still like, uh, I don't know if I should take Giannis over 40. And the whole world was like, take him to 45. Like this is this is Giannis <laughs> and Denakubo. Like he can go. Uh and he was and he was very cautious about it. And from the start this postseason, he hasn't been that. He's really gone after it. So those dudes have played a ton of minutes. They've all talked about how tough that net series was. And then obviously Giannis goes out and it gets even tougher for Drew and Chris in the final two games of that Eastern Conference Finals. So I think this is a spot where, like you said, I'm, my mentions are full of people asking why Jeff Teague is on the floor. And I get it. Like I, I understand that this probably isn't the moment for Jeff Teague, but also you got to try to find a way to get Drew off the floor for a little bit. Like to play as much as he does to have the matchups that he has had in this postseason, Like, he's covering Chris Paul, man. And, you know, I was asking Devin Booker about it today, but, like, the Suns will play deep into the clock. In fact, they like doing it. So you're playing the Suns, you defend the first action, you feel good, right? Oh, there's still 14 seconds on the clock. Okay, let's see what their second pick and roll looks like. Oh, you blew that one up? okay, they're still going to sneak in a third one and they don't care if it starts with six seconds left on the clock. They are going to make you defend to the very end. So if you're Drew Holiday, you got Chris Paul and you're trying to somehow, some way make this dude uncomfortable. And, you know, when I asked Chris Paul about pick and rolls today, he's like, man, I've seen it all. Like this, it's it's simple. Like you're going to set a screen, you're going to get a roll and like, it's, it's easy. And I agree with what he's saying. Basketball is a simple game. But it's not so simple for some people when they're getting covered by Drew Holiday. And and that's what you're talking about with Drew. Like, it is a heavy, heavy load. And I, I think game four is going to be an absolute battle. Like, they got, yeah, they got, I thought Forbes gave him some decent minutes. I mean, 
He had two yeah. steals on consecutive possessions. I mean, that's what – look, you don't need him to score 20. Right. Just don't lose a lead or, you know, keep you in the – so I thought they did – they snuck a few minutes, right. uh, a few decent minutes out of their backup guards the other day. Yeah, and and I mean you got to. And and I think when what we've seen with this Bucks team is like, okay, so they go down 2-0. That next one is going to be like the emotional – we are not losing this game all of a sudden shots are going in like they get their feel game four is the one where it's like okay like you don't have that boost like uh, no it's the fight it's the series this is the series and the suns know that too because they would be more than happy to go back to phoenix up 3-1 and have a chance Mm -hmm. to close that thing out so i mean game four to me is gonna be an absolute war it it really is like it this is going to be back-to-back must-win games, right? <laughs> yeah. For, for yeah. sure, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this a lot, and I know you've heard a lot from Bucks Twitter, but I want to hear from you without any input from me. How is Bud doing with his <laughs> X's and O's? <laughs> oh, man. That is – yeah, I've, I have answered some variety of this question a whole lot <laughs> in the last three years. Uh, so uh, this is what I'll say. Obviously, Bud's going to keep getting whatever from naysayers and people who are saying he doesn't make adjustments and he doesn't do enough. And I honestly believe like that was true in the last two postseasons. Like his first two in Milwaukee, I mean, you can go check the press conferences, but when they lose game six to the Raptors and when they lose game five to the Heat, my first question is, why didn't Giannis play more? Like. That that's me, like right there. That is me asking because I'm asking the same question on the fans. Where, like, where Giannis wasn't on KD, uh, and, <laughs> and who he was, was right there asking? <laughs> right, like right. so. I've been there, man. Like I ask those same questions, and I understand those same things. And I just think that this postseason, he's done an admirable job in moving away from the things that make him comfortable. Like I already mentioned the idea that all those dudes are playing more minutes, right? So you see Giannis gets stretched out to 45, Middleton's playing 50 minutes in an overtime game. Like all those dudes are playing way more. That's something that Bud has not done. It's something that people think is obvious and he should have been doing for a long time. So they don't give him credit Mm -hmm. for it, which again, fair, unfair, whatever. That is different. Like he he has yeah. made an adjustment there. We've seen the Bucks stick in their drop coverage at all times, right? Like they have Brooke Lopez, who, as I've written about at the Athletic a bunch of times, is an artist in drop coverage. He is the absolute best drop center in the league. Maybe not, maybe second best. Rudy Gobert is probably mad at me right now, uh, but like those two dudes are the absolute best in it. So the Bucks have tried to stick in it. Oh, also, Brooke Lopez is a good basketball player. He's one of the Bucks four or five best players, so you want them on the floor. So they've stuck in drop coverage. This postseason, they've moved away from it. So, like, we got to see Brooke Lopez switch one through five against the Hawks. We got to see it in the first game of the series against the Suns. We got to a point where Bud has made so many adjustments. Like, Like, let's just think about this. In game one, people were pissed at him for staying with switching. Like, think about that. Right. Like, we, we moved from I'm never switching, we're not doing that, to in game one, people were furious that the bigs were switching and Bud wouldn't change that. And yeah. and that to me is kind of, that to me is like the bigger, more finite point about Bud and adjustments is that he's made a lot more of them this year. He's not afraid to do these things, but his adjustments are the same as the the things that he used to do where he can get too stuck on them. It's not the, okay, we're going to do two plays of this, then four plays of this, and then we're going to make those in-moment, in-game adjustments. That is probably the spot where I think Bud still lacks a little bit, where it's not exactly perfect. Like, it takes a little bit too long to understand, like, all right, we got to get Jeff Teague off the floor or Jeff Teague's on the floor and I'm trying to steal a few minutes of Drew not covering Trey Young and, oh, he just got cooked and, uh uh-oh, we just gave up a 6-0 run. We need a timeout. Like, those are the things I think Bud still needs to work on. But, like, to have the idea and say that, like, you know, he hasn't made adjustments this postseason, like, you're just not watching, which is fine. Like, I understand with Twitter, jokes are always better than facts, right? Like, everybody wants to make jokes, and and that's all good with me. But, like, if you actually look at it, Bud is, uh, to me, I thought coached a, a really solid postseason. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I, I, look, all the, first of all, nobody knows what they're talking about when they say you got to make adjustments. You have no idea what you're talking about. You know what <laughs> right? I mean? Like, this, I, just, I, don't. I, I resist that notion. Don't. I know all the adjustments for my kids. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking this about. Like Thirty years, I can barely tell you what adjustments nope. coach teams make from. Uh-uh. from you're not, you're not, you know, you're not talking down to my at home <laughs> knowledge. I know it. I, I uh, look. Do you expect Giannis to go 13 to 17 from the line on any other game this series? Probably not. Do I expect Devin Booker to go three or 14 from the floor again in this series? Probably not. Right. So, so. That's the adjustment, right? That the adjustment is, is um, you know, Booker's going to make more shots, which is going to make the Bucks' defense less effective. Giannis is going to make fewer free throws, which is going to make the bull, the Bucks' half-court offense less effective. <laughs> you know, and so I do think the Bucks have created a problem, which Monty, of course, tried to walk away from today in his presser, which I didn't say anything about the officials. I was just stating facts. Yeah. Okay. Um, he shot, he shot 47 free throws in three games. That's astounding. You know, that's an astoundingly high number. And I, I'm not sure Phoenix has an answer for that because they can't expose Aiton to getting into foul trouble, guarding him. He's too big for everybody else on their team. You know, this is where they could have used Sarge. Sarge is out. They can't play Kaminsky. Or they, he hasn't been very effective, put it that way, the minutes he's played so far. <laughs> right. Um, so they don't really have a lot of options here, I don't think, for keeping Giannis off the line. And I think that's something. And I wrote this the other day. If he goes, even if he goes 6 to 17, it still has a huge impact on the game because you got. You're getting Phoenix in foul trouble. You're getting to the bonus early. Other guys who get fouled 30 feet from the basket who can make their free throws are suddenly getting the chance to make. Yeah, and and we've seen this throughout the year. Like, they didn't have an answer for him in the regular season either. And again, whatever. Those are one-off games a month apart against a Western Conference foe. So whatever, they might not mean much. But the same things we saw then are true now. And it's really interesting because I think Aiton has – has grown so much just in this postseason. Like the player mm-hmm. that he was in the, in the regular season, a different player than he is right now. But when Giannis is is going, like I know it's not the prettiest thing. I know that people want to say that he doesn't have skills, but that dude is going to cause a problem. Either you are big enough to cover him and you're not quick enough to cover him, or you're quick enough to cover him and you're not big enough to cover him. And there's very few players in this league that somehow are in that little sliver of the Venn diagram in the middle that are both quick enough and big enough to cover that dude. And we're seeing with with Aiton. Like, he's a, a really good defender. He's given Giannis problems at times before. But as soon as he gets that Euro step, it's like, oh, where did Giannis go? Oh, yep, he's at the rim. Whoops. Uh, all yeah. right, I'll try again next time. I mean, or, it's impressive uh, that he's that close, Aiton, right? I right? wouldn't have yeah. pegged him to be yeah. even have effective at all. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, this is the, this is the Giannis problem. And obviously during his his media availability today, Giannis talked about how he's tired of seeing the Giannis wall. And like, that's always going to be something that he's going to have to deal with. But I mean, it's real. Like you can't cover him one on one. Bobby Portis uh, in between roast and D.A. the other night about being old. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he was. No, Lori Nichol is a really good columnist in Milwaukee. Asked him about. I forget what she asked him, but he, oh, oh, 30 years from now, what would you, what will you remember? And he's like, I'll be 56 then. <laughs> that just happens to be my age. So. <laughs> uh, you handled it with Chris. Out I'm, just handled- I'm not dead yet. <laughs> uh, but essentially what Bobby said is like, all right, so you don't want to help or you get in foul trouble or whatever it is. One-on-one against Giannis, good luck. That's his exact quote. One-on-one against Giannis, yeah. good luck. And that's the truth. Like, you have to put a team together, which is why this Bucks team is always going to be about number two and number three. And the expectations on those two dudes are always going to be outsized for someone that 
probably doesn't touch the ball all that much. Like you, you got to stand around and watch Giannis because he is transcendent. But also when the ball gets in your hands, you yeah, got to make the shot. You better make it. Yeah. The, and, yeah. and you're not going to get a lot of flow. You're probably not going to get a lot of touches, but right. it's your job when it happens to make it. And we've seen both Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton struggle with that at times in the postseason. And we've seen them both do incredible jobs with it at times in the postseason. That will always be what the what it's about. And that's what it's about here in the NBA Finals. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, man, what to me what makes this series so riveting? Like we've we've heard about Giannis not making free throws. We've heard about Giannis not having no bag. We've heard about Giannis being uh, really the second tier player while, to, while Chris Middleton is the star. We've heard about like this dude has heard everything, and you know what is constant? He never stops coming. Like. He yeah. never stopped. The dude is like Jason, for, right? Like <laughs> Michael. My, like it, it's it's one of the great things. Like and, and to to their credit, if Phoenix wins this series, they will know they have earned it, right? Because this dude is not going to stop. Offensive foul, whatever he's gonna. He's coming every time. He's never going to stop. You can take his kneecap off. Like, you can, whatever you want. (laughs) Like, he's never going to stop. And we're going to get this incredible, like, test of wills. Because Chris Paul is hungry, right? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, we're going to get this crazy test of will over these last whatever games. Like, like game four is it, right? Like, but Giannis is never going, it doesn't matter. Like, he's not going to stop. He's going to come for you. You can say whatever you want. We can talk about bags and handles and all that. That dude don't care <laughs> at all. He's just going to come for you. And it, it's it's refreshing in a day and age when people care so much about a lot of stuff. Like, he's really old. He's really like from DA's era mentally, right? He's old school, right? You know, 56, you know what I'm saying? Like, back... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if y'all saw it because like in milwaukee it became viral and i don't know if anyone outside of milwaukee saw it but like the the bucks do this like all access stuff and their like social media team is really good shouts to nick monroe um like they got a video of Giannis after it was one of the games where he airballed free throws so they're shooting free throws during practice and and this dude is on like a wrestler like a professional wrestler, like promo gimmick. And PJ Tucker is underneath the basket and he's shooting free throws and oh, in the yeah, competition. Yeah. And he, he like makes it and he's talking about like, I've been down before. I've I've been I've been down before. I airballed free throws in Oklahoma in game City. Seven, yeah, in right? Game seven, I miss him, <laughs> but I keep coming. Like I, you get, I, yeah. there's only one way from here. It's going up, and yeah. it was just like it was legitimately like professional wrestler gimmick, cutting a promo, but like that's how that dude feels. To your like yeah. to your exact point, Marcus. Like he does not care. Like make fun of him, whatever. Get mad that he shoots threes sometimes. Like get mad that he misses a free throw. Get mad that he takes 20 seconds on a free throw. Like dude, dude (laughs) does not care. He's going to keep doing what he does. And in the end, what he does is, is pretty, pretty impressive. 
uh, and he's just going to keep coming. It is. It is. I've talked about this with Marcus the last several weeks um, because the Bucks have been in the in this run that I don't think people realize where Giannis is from. You know what I mean? What he's <laughs> from, right? Yeah. Exactly. And people have this notion that he's some kind of dilettante or something. And it's like, no, dude, this dude grew up hard. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, he's not going to be phased by missing a free throw or a three-pointer. You know what I mean? Like, he's like you said, he's going to be relentless in his pursuit of this and continue to come at guys. And I think, I do think... There is a line that you cross, though, and, and it, maybe he crossed it two or three years ago. I don't know. But I do think when you get to this highest level, when you get to the finals and you realize, oh, they can't stop me in this round either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the round where you're supposed to be exposed yeah, the and one, the pressure's right? too yeah. great. And, you know, you can't get the shot up above your shoulder. And he's like, oh, no, I can still horse it over these guys. And that makes you dangerous to me <laughs> because – there's lots of guys that didn't that spit the bit in this round, and so far it's only three games. But so far, dude has posted. He has shown up in a major way for this team. And, and it's always been fascinating to me with Giannis. Um, you know, a couple of years back in their first playoff run, I was able since we were actually able to be at practices and be in arenas and do all that. Like I was able to talk to him throughout the process. And one thing that always struck me was that like. So early in that run, second round, they go to Boston, they lose game one. And everyone was like, oh, you know, have they figured out Giannis? Is the wall good enough? Blah, 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 blah. Like they're talking about all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, game three, there was just a moment where he goes up against Al Horford. He spins off him, goes baseline and throws it down. And like me watching the side, I was like, oh, he just figured it out. Like he knows that Al Horford doesn't have anything for him. Like right. he, he knows he's got this. And I asked him after that series, I was like, what was your like thought process? And he was like, you know, we were like banging up against each other, banging up against each other. He's like, we got to game three. And he's like, my back hurt. Right. Like I was like, man, I'm sore. And then all of a sudden I thought, man, if I'm sore, He's oh damn another old joke, so another old joke. <laughs> but like it was just, like to me, that's like a level of processing, right? Da, like that's what you're talking about yeah. about figuring out, like oh, I can still do this here, like yeah. throughout his career. That's kind of to me how he's always approached series is like, all right, let me feel this out, let me feel this out. Okay, these are my spots on this where I can do against the Suns. He's got a lot of spots. Like there's a lot yeah. of spots that he can do. I was about to say, to I think he didn't figure it out. I think he like game one. He was like, right? there was one play. He got the ball like outside the left key, took one dribble and went to eight chess and eight mm-hmm. went backwards. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, 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 you just don't be moving eight like that. That's right, like 260 right. pounds of Bahamian muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but that dude backed up and Giannis dunked it. I was like, oh, this is what we doing off a of hyperextended knee. My bad. Yeah, right, 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 right. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, the, I guess the question, kind of the, the bellwether of, of the Bucks is Middleton, right? Like whenever, when he, when he doesn't have a great game, you know, that's when they're most beatable. When, when it, it's almost like when he's playing well, given that Giannis is good, like they're really incredibly tough to beat. But I'm wondering how does he get, like going, you know how he does those things where he goes in one of the rhythms because he's expending quite a bit of energy on defense. Like he's really bringing it defensively. Uh, like his job on Booker uh, in, in game three was incredible. And even, I don't think you could sleep on <laughs> Mikael Bridges either, right? Like you've got to, he's one of those guys, if you lapse on him, he didn't cut right. back door or he just, you know, shifted to the corner for open three and he's going to make you pay for it. So do you, what are your, what are your confidence levels in that Middleton can find his offense while he's having to expend so much energy on defense? Yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting playoffs for him, right? Like, so first series, he chases Duncan Robinson around all over the floor. 
Second series, he chases Joe Harris around all over the floor. And when he's not chasing Joe Harris around, he's also covering Kevin Durant. So, like, he's he's gone through some stuff. I, honestly, Atlanta was the easiest series that he's been a part of. Uh, but now he's oh, in Oh, another spot. shot. You hear that, DA? He's like, Bogdan's Fox. trash. There you go. He said it. Man. Man. I actually got to watch myself on here. Uh, but now in the finals, right? Like, so he was great on Booker in game three. And and I think for him, one, you tweeted this the other night, Marcus, I think, like, it's always a little bit easier for him at home. Like, he's always yeah. just a little bit more comfortable. And with Chris, the problem is he doesn't get anything easy. Like, his easy stuff is a contested jumper. And that's always how it's been. Yeah. Like, it's it, here in Milwaukee, we've always termed it the Tough Shot Express. Like, when Chris is really going, like, the Tough Shot Express is rolling. And with him, that's kind of how it goes. So he doesn't get to the line. He doesn't get free throws. He doesn't get layups. Like, those easy ones aren't there. So it really does. I, to me, a lot of times, it just requires one to go in. Like, he just needs to see it go in. And if you look at game one and game two, man, some of the shots Chris shoots look great go in the rim, bounce around a couple times, and then fall out. And those shots are really difficult to bounce back from, right? Like, you did everything right. It feels mm-hmm. good. And Chris has said this before. Like, if I miss right or left, I know I'm doing something wrong, and I'm going to fix it. But if it bounces around the rim and falls out, like, I made the shot. Like, I did what I needed to do. So, for him, I think a lot of it is just seeing one go in, and that can be really tough on the road. We've, we've seen him have some really tough road games. And, and then, to his credit, this is something he's really worked on over the years. When those nights started, let's say three or four years ago, like, when when he had an 0 for 5 start, it'd be like, all right, I'm just going to pass. I'm just going to try to get people involved. And now he knows, like, I don't get to have those nights anymore. Like if I'm over five, six has to go up and seven has to go up and eight has to go up. So he's had some ugly nights in this postseason, right? Like there's two for 13 starts, but he still keeps shooting them. And I think that's the, I think the biggest part with this team is that they've learned that they can win ugly that like, if they can be good enough defensively, they'll get through the cold shooting and then try to win one late. So as far as, if I can tell or what he's doing, I don't have a damn idea, Marcus. Like, because that's just Chris's game. Like, there's there's going to be some level of it that shots just have to go in. And if they don't, well, then he went two for 13 on the night, and that's that. They got to win a game in Phoenix. So, can they? Whew. I, I think the Suns are just so impressive. And, and I, yeah, they're really good. And they're very good. I, I know Marcus was early on this one, right? Like, when did you predict they were going to win the finals? Like, Before the playoffs, know. baby. <laughs> but, like, when you watch that team, it's just so impressive that there there's not anyone you can ignore on their roster. You can't just right. say, That's all right, we're going yep. like, yep. to yep. leave that dude. And right now with the Bucks, right. you can leave P.J. Tucker. Like, you can leave Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Like, the Suns don't have that dude. If you leave someone, they are going to hurt you. So you have to be locked in the whole time. And then they have what I would say is the greatest point guard I've ever seen. I, I didn't get to see Isaiah or anything like that. But, like, I mean, Chris Paul is just – he's going to get the best shot possible. It's just what he does. And when they're at when they're in Phoenix, like, they are just cooking – I don't think the Bucs can beat them on the road. Like, I don't think they can beat them in Phoenix. I think this goes, like, I think the Bucs are going to find a way to win game four, and this goes seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody wins it at home, and, and the Suns pull one out in Phoenix. Like, I just don't, I don't think the know, Bucs though. can do it. Game seven, man, Phoenix, game seven has been known to tighten up a few, you it, know. Every, it's one game. It's one game. Anything can happen in one game, right? So, Absol- I mean, yeah, absolutely. but – If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. But I hear you, and that's where I think Phoenix still has the trump card, is that they do play well at home. Incredible. They have, they have, they have crushed people at home. So You know what? They um, should give a player to the Bucks just to like make it even. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like saying, like who would you say? You said Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson? Because that's all the you Bucks need Johnson. is one more Cam than Johnson. Oh, they had Cam that would Johnson. Really even. They just need yeah. one more guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly been a funny playoff run for me because I think I just keep hearing people say like, oh, then you know, like the Bucks are one person away, or they're just like not quite good enough. And I'm like, Dante DiVincenzo looked pretty good in the first round. Like, yeah, and then, right, and then right, you right. have like, That's right. no real really, talk that hurts. Yeah. Like you have like a really <laughs> yeah. catastrophic injury with him where he's going to be out for the rest of postseason. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah. Our offense doesn't flow as good. And like, this isn't to say like Dante's going to shoot 40% from three or go, uh, DiVincenzo in the national championship game against Michigan. Like, I'm not saying that, but just having one more dude that can move the ball, that can get to the rack, that can hit threes, like, that is so That can let you sit one of your guys for five minutes and not feel like everything is falling apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's a, I don't want to say it's disappointing, but it's like a really tough part of analyzing this series is like, going into it, you knew you weren't going to have them. And, right. and they still won, right? Like they still beat the Nets without Dante. They still beat the Hawks yeah. without Dante. But there is like that part that, you know, that's why I asked you how they after game one, I was just like, is this like the first time you really feel missing Dante? And Drew was like, no, we felt it the whole time. And, and I was <laughs> right. like, yeah, that's right. You're playing like 45 minutes a night. My bad. Right. Uh, but like, I have felt it. Uh, but like, as you're going through it, like this is the moment where you have to cover Chris Paul and Devin Booker and another guard would be very helpful because PJ just like, isn't as quick as he used to be. Yeah, this is a great, I, I'm loving this series. I think this is fascinating. This series um, is incredible, I man. <laughs> I haven't missed, I haven't missed any of the quote unquote big names at all. This has been great fun, great theater. I agree with you. I think this might go seven. I think this could very easily go seven. And I think Phoenix will, you know, if it goes seven, I would put a lot of money on Phoenix in a game seven. But I don't know because neither of them have been there. So that's the that's the fun part about this. To Marcus's point, you have no idea, you know, who's going to tighten up in a game seven. I, I, you know, Bucks game fours, don't they tend to be like a dogfight? Have they blown anybody out in game four? No. That's what this I'm thinking. Is going to be yeah, it's normally the game three, yeah. we got you. And then game four is yeah. like. All right, it's tooth and nail. No, they're going to get Phoenix's yeah, best shot I, in game four. I, I do yeah. feel like there's a part of Phoenix that might say, this is it. Like, I just, You know what it reminds me of, to be honest with you? It reminds me of 2016. Uh, the Warriors were up uh, 2-1. Yeah. And I just remember Steph, like, he just went off. He just went. He just, I'm going to the hole every time. You can tell he's like, if we just get the three one. Now, obviously, we know mm-hmm. what happened after that, but <laughs> but the, you could tell it like he left everything. He was getting to the line like crazy. That's not even his game, right? You just like we're winning this game. There's a. I think I do think Phoenix has some players who can do that. But I don't know, y'all. I I think Milwaukee can win in Phoenix. I think the later the series goes. Game seven. I'm waiting for Phoenix. As I love Phoenix. I'm waiting for the moment where they look like a team that's never been there before. And it hasn't right. happened yet. But I got a feeling yeah. it's coming. Like at some point, it's going to be like, yo, Cam Johnson is not going to make every single thing he throws up, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like at some point, the dude got to be like a first timer in the playoffs. So, right. and like, it, it, I just find it hard to say Milwaukee can't do something because I've been critical of Bud, right? Like, I, I think that team is kind of slapstick sometimes. But man, like, 
This team, they they are relentless, dude. Like they just don't stop. And even like mm-hmm. last game, uh, when they got when Phoenix came within four, and you could like, oh, here we go. That was a moment for them to be like, here we go again. Them jokers, I don't even know where they got the gas from, but they hit the gas and took off again. And it was like, this yeah. team is kind yeah. of ridiculous. It's They don't make sense <laughs> to me. Like, you know, they, right. it, it works. works, right? It works. <laughs> like, yeah, this team just, they won't go away. They're like a scary movie from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Man, Eric, thank you for joining us, man. I know you're hella busy with finals. Really hey, he ain't doing nothing. He out here taking <laughs> people to dinner. He ain't doing I know. nothing. I have to apologize to Eric because I'm old and scared. I don't want to go to a big group dinner. They invited. He invited me tonight, Marcus, and I'm old and scared, and I'm like, I don't want to be around people. So. <laughs> Man, you should have you told him he'll have his own separate table on the side. My own bottle service. If they have my own bottle service, I'll be all right. I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to talk to my people and see what we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Might be some pictures coming out on tomorrow. You never know. Man, thank you for joining. Thank you for uh, hitting us up, Eric. Appreciate it, man. And um, be safe out there, my brother. Uh, will hey, do. Appreciate take, you. T- take care of my guy out there, man. You gotta, you know, don't let DA, don't let him, don't let him throw haymakers at people. Don't make sure <laughs> exactly. he don't go off on nobody. You know, let's keep our guy cool. <laughs> I gotta be safe out there. That's it. Like the- yeah, you gotta be safe in these mean streets. You know. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Mean streets of Kenosha, wherever wherever I am right now. I'm not sure. I'm on the outskirts of <laughs> Milwaukee. I might dip in tonight. So uh, I appreciate everybody listening in. Leave that five-star review on Apple Tune, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. And if it's less than five stars, you know the rule, Marcus. Keep that to yourself, haters. <laughs> I feel weird. I feel that this would end I've got both feet on the floor but I can't move my head and the scat is where it's at the scat is where it's at the scat is where it's at everybody Seems to be laughing hysterically This isn't fun anymore How could it ever be? The scat is where it's at The scat is where it's at The scat is where it's at It's the mecca of basketball so there's like a parking garage in there and then like they open it up so it's like open air and that's where like where they're yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I was trying to piece it together from like TV, but I couldn't figure out where. So the old old arena is still there on the Marquette. The Mecca is still there. Yeah, the Mecca is still there. What's it called now? The Milwaukee Panther Arena. Right. Yeah, that's the old Mecca. Because the Mecca of basketball. Like the bars and stuff across the street from. Yeah, now they've blown it out even further. Like, there's even more bars, which I seems impossible because we're in the city of Milwaukee. Come on, It's the mecca of basketball. When I was there, it was like one block, right? Like, right, 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 right,